3. I'm going to read through the psalm this morning. I invite you to join with me. Just read quietly and along with me as we go. Psalm 103. I was assigned the title, the scripture and the message this morning. Pastor Rick, it's really a blessing to me as the worship leader to have a pastor who plans out his sermons a year ahead of time. And uh, it really is because it really helps us with planning. And it's the first pastor I've ever served that's done that. And uh, that is, it really is a blessing. So I was assigned Psalm 103 and, and the title was Praise the Lord, O My Soul. And I thought, how am I going to get a, a sermon out of that? And uh, it didn't take very long uh, in the Word this week to discover that there isn't enough time to talk about what we need to talk about today. Uh, let's read together. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my in, inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your di- desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The winds blow over it and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. With those who keep his covenant and remember to obey His precepts. The Lord has established His throne in heaven and His kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you His angels, you mighty ones who do His bidding, who obey His word. Praise the Lord, all His heavenly hosts, you His servants who do His will. Praise the Lord, all His works everywhere in His dominion. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Well, how are you doing this morning? Have you counted your blessings lately? If I were to hand the microphone to you, would you be prepared to share your gratitude for something that God has done in your life recently, perhaps this week? Don't panic. I'm not going to hand you the microphone yet. Uh, However, I would like you to be thinking about ways that God is at work in your life And at the end of my message this morning, we're going to open the microphones up for a time of sharing. And specifically, I want to take time this morning to count our blessings and express our gratitude to God for the ways He's working in our lives. And speaking of blessings, after working on my message uh, all week long and through Friday morning, I decided to take my wife Carol out to lunch. Uh, A a quick lunch date after VBS this week. She'd been working in the kitchen all week. And when we got back, I I went back to my office to resume work on my message 
only to discover that somehow my sermon file on my computer had been corrupted. And my study notes and manuscript accumulated during the course of the week were all wiped out. Uh, they were destroyed, and I, and I, and, and it somehow corrupted. I mean, I, I didn't even have a backup file, and I was forced to start over on Friday from scratch. And that's when I knew that this was going to be a good day. What do you do when you lose everything you've written on a message titled, Praise the Lord, O My Soul? I was telling Dave Tolberg about it yesterday. It was more like whining. And uh, I was telling him about it yesterday morning. And, uh, and Dave said, I should have asked you if I could share this, Dave. I hope that's okay. I'm sorry. I usually clear these things first. Sounds like God didn't like your thoughts. <laughs> so I'm just going to open the microphone right now. <laughs> If that's true, then what appeared to be adversity on Friday was in fact a blessing uh, from God. Praise the Lord, O my soul. This morning I want to focus on verses 1 through 5 of Psalm 103. I came to see Psalm 103 uh, in a new way this week. Nearly all the Psalms address either God or a group of people. The nations, the oppressed, the weak the psalmist's children, the wicked, the nation of Israel, or all the earth are just some examples. But Psalm 103 is somewhat unique. There are only three psalms like it, uh, at least that I could find. Instead of addressing God or, or some other audience, Psalm 103, the psalmist, who we, can, who we can reasonably assume is David, is addressing himself. It is as if David is writing in his diary and sharing it with us this morning. Praise the Lord. Who? Oh, my soul, he says. All my inmost being, praise his name. Why? Why is David talking to himself? The answer is found in verse 2. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We are forgetful. David is taking time out to reflect and meditate on what God has done for him and how great God is because we are all forgetful. And David knew that he was no exception. My mentor, Pastor Carl Smith, who is serving a church in New Delhi, India, as we speak, taught me early on to take time to think through the important issues of life ahead of time so, so that when adversity strikes, you have a foundation and a basis for your head to guide your heart. How will I choose to respond to God when my house burns down? And my house did burn down in 1981. How will I choose to respond to God when a loved one dies? Carol has lost her mother. My father died a few years ago. We all grieved with my step relations as my nephew Adam died this past year from cancer. How will I respond to God when those things happen? How will I respond to God if I lose my job? 
or if I lose my health or it takes a turn for the worse? How about if you lose all your investments or your retirement and you get cheated out of everything you've worked all your life to save? How are you going to respond to God if that happens? Will I get angry and reject God because He didn't act like a genie in my bottle? Will I turn my back on God because He didn't jump when I said jump or because He didn't insulate me from pain and suffering? It's so important to stop and take time on a regular basis to remember to remember what God has done for us and who God is so that when adversity strikes, we have a foundation and basis to deal with it. Because when you're in the midst of pain and suffering, when you've lost a loved one and, or tragedy strikes in some way, you are so easily overcome by emotions that the ability and the desire to think rationally and clearly are easily overwhelmed. And it's also very important to stop and take time on a regular basis to remember what God has done in our lives and how great our God is because we are so forgetful. Why are we so forgetful? Uh, as I reflected on that this week, I came up, I identified three reasons. We are forgetful because we are finite. Verses 15 to 16 of Psalm 103 says, As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone. Its place remembers it no more. Even the best multitasker, even the best multitasker can only handle so much before losing track of things, before forgetting appointments, names of acquaintances, and so forth. We're forgetful because we are, at least in America, rich and self-sufficient. You may not feel that you are all that wealthy, but I can assure you that by the rest of the world's standards, the poorest amongst us live like kings and queens. The great blessing of our great wealth has also been a great curse to our nation. The realities of wealth are what motivated Jesus to say that it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 19:24. God warned the Israelites long ago about the dangers of wealth and power and he could, this warning could just as well have been to America. Listen to these timeless words. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land He has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe His commands, His laws, and His decrees that I am giving you this day. You may say to yourself, My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember... But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms His covenant which He swore to your forefathers as it is today. Deuteronomy 8, 10-14. I think we're also forgetful because we're self-centered. 
Add to our self-centeredness the busyness of life and its many challenges, and it's easy to become so focused on ourselves that we fail to notice much of anything or anyone around us. I know some of you noticed this, but how many of us, as you walked in this morning, took a moment just to look around and say, boy, this lawn looks great today. You did, yes. I am so thankful for Bob Olson and Kurt Flanagan and the guys who make this place beautiful for us every week. It really is stunning. How many of you thought about that this morning? One. I confess it's so... I get so wrapped up in myself and I take so many things for granted, I so easily forget about all the blessings that I have in my life from God and through His people. I was reading an article in Friday morning's paper entitled, uh, maybe you read it this week, When It's No Longer a Game, front page of Friday's paper. According to the article, it's estimated that up to 90% of American youngsters play video games. And as many as 15% of them, more than 5 million kids, may be addicted according to data cited in the EMA Council's report. According to David Walsh of the St. Paul-based National Institute on Media and the Family, a lot of people might trivialize it, but the stories that we're hearing are really, really disturbing. He goes on to say that there are young men flunking out of college, a young mother who admitted to me her baby was crying in the next room for hours while she played a video game, a young woman who issued an ultimatum to her husband, it's either me or the video game. And he chose the video game. The psalmist David, however, was keenly aware of human nature in general and his own in specific, and he makes an intentional choice recorded for us in this psalm. To be a man who is grateful, to be a man who remembers what God has done for him and how great God is. As we look into David's personal diary, we see a man who says, I don't want to forget how great God is. And I don't want to forget what God has done for me. In fact, I want to be grateful about all of life. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not His benefits. What are the benefits that we receive from God? Uh, The psalmist David lists four benefits. We don't have time to go into all four of them today. I wish we did, but we don't. I'm only going to talk about the first one. But the four benefits that he lists are the forgiveness of sins, healing, redemption from the pit, and satisfaction with good things. But I want to focus on the first one this morning for the sake of time, the forgiveness of sins. Because it's the most important of God's benefits. Without it, nothing else is possible. Nothing else matters. Without the forgiveness of sins which comes through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone, we are damned and without hope. Life is ultimately pointless. When Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. He meant just that. Peter reaffirmed Jesus' teaching when he boldly proclaimed to the same Israeli government that had just crucified Jesus that salvation is found in no one else 
For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. The scriptures could not have said it more plainly. And how easy it is to take our great salvation for granted and to forget the significance of the forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ, the greatest of God's benefits. The Caner family were uh, devout Muslims living in Whitehall, Ohio. And in 1978, uh, the two Caner sons, Ergun and Amir, would convert to Christianity and bow the knee to Jesus Christ. They knew what this decision, this choice would cost them. And they were summarily disowned and disherited from their family. They were not allowed to see or speak to their father for 22 years. And then only one last time on his deathbed in 1999. And in their book, Unveiling Islam, uh, which is in our, uh, our church library, Ergun and Amir share their powerful testimony. I'm going to read an excerpt from their testimony this morning for you. Since September 11, 2001, we have spoken nationwide in hundreds of assemblies, colleges, universities, churches, conventions, and conferences. Often reporters are puzzled about our disinheritance. Implied is the question, why would switching your religion mean the loss of family? Doesn't religion enhance the family? Isn't your nuclear family the most important thing? And the question betrays a postmodern and Americanized bias. For the other 95% of the world's population, conversion to Jesus Christ often means disowning, disinheritance, expulsion, arrest, and even death. In the world that does not embrace the beliefs don't matter mentality, the, the American attitude seems inane. At this moment, for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, men and women are being bullwhipped into submission, tortured, imprisoned, beaten, battered, and broken. Homes are being burned, families are executed, and other lives lost through hateful revenge. If you believe that torture and murder because of belief in Jesus Christ is a thing of the past, then you are tragically mistaken. Across our globe, the blood of Christians runs down cobblestone streets, dirt paths, paved alleys, and concrete prison floors. The media question also belies a mistaken assumption that all religions are the same. Getting to God, if there is one, is like getting to Chicago. You can get there by plane, train, or automobile. It doesn't matter what path you take or religion you follow as long as you get there. The attitude reflects the Oprahization of American culture. To those of that syncretistic persuasion, we may state clearly that we did not switch religions. The blood of Jesus Christ saved us. What happened to us was not an act of a religious person. Rather, it was God's gracious act of redemption. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not His benefits. There are so many. There are so many. I was deeply moved and inspired when I read this and it was an encouragement to me and a powerful reminder to me of, of what God has done and how great my God is. After he is done listing his benefits in this psalm, he goes on in verses 6 through 19 to list just how great God is. And I'd like, I'm going to put those on the, 
the screen this morning, and I'd just like to read through this list together. God is, grac- uh, God is righteous. Read with me. God is righteous. God is just. God is personal. God is compassionate. God is gracious, slow to anger. God is abounding in love. God is merciful. God is forgiving. God is faithful. God is eternal. God is all-powerful. By the time David is done with that list, reflecting on what God has done and just how great He is, he's filled with a sense of gratitude and awe and joy that inspires him to exhort anything and everyone who will listen through all of creation. Praise the Lord, he says, you His angels, you mighty ones who do His bidding, who obey His word. Praise the Lord, all His heavenly hosts, you His servants who do His will. Praise the Lord, all His works everywhere in His dominion. But most of all, praise the Lord, O my soul. Well, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to have a, a time for open mic here as we close. Um, and we may not get to our last song. We'll just we'll play it by ear. But I've asked Dave uh, Tolberg and Barb Benson to come up and handle the microphones, and they're they're right there. And and we have a microphone stand up in the uh, balcony as well. But uh, uh, we want to take a take time to uh, to share with one another the things that we appreciate about God. And perhaps God has has blessed you through another person. Uh, this morning when I used the restroom, I just appreciated the fact that it, it didn't stink. <laughs> and that reminded me of Jim and Peggy Melko and all of their tireless effort. And uh, I was blessed by that. And, and I thought, wow, we take so much for granted, do we not? And that's why David says, praise the Lord, O my soul, and remember, remember, remember his benefits. And this morning we want to bless the Lord and bless one another by remembering what God has done for us and what others have done for us as well. So don't be shy. You're amongst friends. And uh, uh, let's take some time to uh, provide that opportunity. Who would like to be first? I see two hands. We just spent some time in the North Shore this weekend, and that's just a a marvelous place to remember God's creation. Just the fragrance. I swear the fragrance of heaven is going to be a pine forest. Um, (laughs) I can't wait to get there. And uh, so it was just very relaxing and beautiful and just uh, restored my soul. I want to thank the Lord for the health and strength that he has given to Don and me over the years that we can still uh, serve him in different ways. And I praise the Lord for that. Uh, Don is still in Africa. He's coming home this week. And about all I can say about that is yippee. (laughs) I praise the Lord that he's a God of mercy and second chances. Peggy, yes. Um, I just um, I just want to thank the Lord for VBS this week and um, 
to be honest, I, I am involved in helping keep the building clean, and I, and I wasn't really looking forward to this week because it is a lot of work, and I was kind of complaining to my friends about that and how much time it is. And But by the end of the week, um, I mean, to see that these kids came to the Lord and um, just in my part to have a little part of being able to share the gospel, and it just, I mean, the Lord just put on my heart what a privilege it is. And I just thought of that scripture um, where David says, I, I will not offer the Lord anything that costs me nothing. And um, anyway, I just I, I just ended the week just so grateful to be part of it. Good morning. Um, my dad, I'm Jack Lundberg. My dad, Jim, is 82 years old and on Tuesday has quadruple bypass open heart surgery. And uh, this all developed in the last week or so. And my dad had a was very instrumental in, in who I am today and the fact that I accepted Christ. Um, and it was very, uh, struck me as very unique that uh, this week I was ministering to him, my father. I don't know if you've ever been in a position like that where you've been used to being ministered to. There was a day when I lost a job after many years and my dad was one of the first people that I called to ask for consolence and for prayers. And he met me at a McDonald's restaurant in the far corner of that restaurant when I walked in. What did he have on the table before him besides a cup of coffee? But it was the Word of God. And so here I was getting a chance to share with him, just like we just did, the, the, the promises of God and how wonderful that is. And uh, just praise the Lord through whatever it is that we are presented with. We all know we're going to die. Billy Graham says one out of one die. It's the ultimate statistic. So I know someday probably my dad will pass before I, but we'll praise God through it all. Um, I'm going to share this for my sobriety. I have been completely lifted of the obsession of drugs and it's a double blessing because my daughter has a mother now. Hi, my name is Jeff Radich. Um, I felt moved to share this. It's not a real, I'll try to not make it a very long story, but the thing I want to give praise to God about is the second thing that was on that list that Dan was talking about is as far as God being a healer. Um, Nine years ago, my wife and I moved to California to help start up a church, and we left our family. We left everything. I gave up my job. Um, my sister and I had a music career. I gave that all up, um, and we felt very compelled to do this and um, gave ourselves for a very, very long time, built this church. I was music pastor there, and uh, about two and a half years ago, some very bad things happened to our church with the pastor. Um, it was very, very uh, painful for us to go through this. A lot of people were very hurt. I saw a lot of very close friends walk away from Christ. And my wife and I left church for two years, very embittered. I felt very hardened, um, um, very hurt by man. I didn't blame God. I, wasn't, I didn't see God as the God that was the author of this. I knew it was Satan. But um, we felt very estranged from the church and decided to move back here. Um, my folks are here. My wife's folks are here. And we wanted to be close. We now have two kids, one on the way, and so we felt that that was important. 
So we left a lot of our um, friends there that had become our family. And it was a very, very painful decision. So we came here feeling kind of alone. Um, visited several churches but felt very estranged and um, felt very withdrawn f- from the body of Christ. We came here, um, visited once, just kind of sat in the back. My wife was very withdrawn. And someone from this church didn't know anything about me, did not know my story, walked up to me and just started telling me about how painful of an experience that they had went through with the church and how God was healing him. And at that time, Pastor Rick was preaching out of Job um, about destructive leaders in the church and what they do to people and, and uh, who's going to pay them back as a man or God. And that was a very, very healing thing for me extremely healing because God was dealing very directly. I have a heart for God. I always have. Um, But what I praise God for was the willingness and transparency of one person to spill their guts and know nothing about me and willing to be completely open and honest. And that's a very, very powerful thing when you walk by faith and do that. And the body of Christ is called to do that, to have that kind of level of transparency. So I praise God for that because I'm here Um, I'm doing music again, which is a thing I love to do. And God is slowly healing our lives and bringing us back into uh, the body of Christ. And we're very excited. We're very excited. So I praise God for healing. Yeah, my name is Jim. In uh, 2004, I uh, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And uh, they said it... I shouldn't have got it because I was too old, and where it was, it shouldn't have been there. But anyways, I went. Uh, I was working with my son's company down in Davenport, Florida, and I went up for an altar call. And uh, I asked God to help me with it. Six months later, I went in for a, a colonoscopy, and uh, the report came back that it was gone. There wasn't nothing there at all. And when I went into the, when I went in to see Mother Doctor, I told him it was gone. And he says, no, he says, it's probably just in remission. And I says, no, it's gone. And he looked at the report. And he just kind of looked about it. And he says, well, I just don't understand this. And I says, well, I just don't think I could figure out this. A carpenter did something you surgeons couldn't do. A year later, I was diagnosed with cancer, and I knew, I knew everything was going to be okay, and everything is okay. Uh, the longer I live, it's just uh, amazes me. The, the power, you know, I mean, uh, every day, every day. My prayers are answered every day. You know, it, is, uh, it took me to get into a 12-step program to find that we do have a loving, caring God, and He cares for every one of us. And I believe that from the bottom of my heart. Hi, I'm Caleb Genheimer. Um, This last week I went to camp, and I got to tell you I was a little nervous because 
Last year I went to camp and I got in a cabin with a bunch of guys that were just kind of whatever. They were there for the games and everything and they'd just sit in the cabin the rest of the day and fool off and do whatever they wanted. Weren't really interested in uh, chapel or anything. And this year I got there, I was really nervous, but I got in the cabin and all these guys were great. We were into the chapel, we were into the Word of God. Um, we had some great study time and we got to be really good friends. We were hanging out the whole camp, I mean the whole cabin, just all the time. It was just a real blessing to be with them. Hi, I'm Mary Spetsman. <clears throat> I was just thinking about how's God blessed your life, and this week I was kind of dreading it too, um, with the VBS coming up and my kids being involved. And I had a rummage sale this week, and it was supposed to be something simple, and ended up with six families involved at my house. Really overwhelming, and um, I panicked but I was trying to control everything. Plus, my kids had swimming lessons every day, and I'm supposed to be running them to VBS and doing this and doing that and having this rummage sale. And my husband stepped forward, and in his gentle, loving way, he somehow managed to make sure that all these different people involved in this rummage sale covered all the bases, and I was never there alone. I was always there with at least two or three other people. And I felt so blessed because otherwise I would have just gone down. I mean, I just was just panicking. And um, What really showed me, too, is that God has really filled my life with godly women, um, especially women from this church that I've met. And I am really grateful for that because I've got friends outside church that are not Christian. And the difference is so apparent in the conversations and the lifestyles when I can sit down with some women and they're just praising what God has done for them today or yesterday or they're looking forward to something or they're asking for prayer in front of strangers who are looking at their stuff, you know, um, giving it away because they see that someone really wants it. Maybe they don't have the money, just take it. Really showing me some fantastic examples and I just really praise God for all that. One more. Hi, I'm Trudy. Um, I have been praying for some friends of mine for a while. Um, Nate is 32 years old. He has a wife and two small children. And he has been out of work for eight months. And so I've just been praying for him. And one day I said, Nate, why don't you just come in to where I work? I've only been working at this place for about five weeks. And I said, why don't you just come in and fill out an application just for the heck of it? And so he did. And um, this past week, um, ironically, I, I think the Lord's sense of humor is just incredible. It, to me, he cracks me up because um, the company said, well, we're not hiring internally. They're hiring laborers for outside, but not internally. And the job that Nate was applying for was an estimator inside. And so right away they said, well, you know, fill out an application, but we're not going to hire inside. Within 24 hours, 
after his interview, they offered Nate a job, they got approval from corporate, and offered him a better job than I have. And so I just praise the Lord. I think it's wonderful. Just another day with God. Amen. Amen. One more, Dan. Okay. <laughs> oh. Yeah, um, well, lately the world's kind of seemed kind of dark, but something that's cool is that God's like always been there when everything else seems to kind of fall away, but I don't really have a great big long story for everyone, but yeah, I just want to praise God for like always being there. That's huge. That's huge. Let's stand as we close our time together. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. And may I never forget your benefits. And all God's people said, Amen.